The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk. I'm my co-host, TJ Terry Jackson. Terry, you there? I'm here, love. What's happening? Well, Terry, we're back, you know, been going through a lot, you know, I got blessings and my dad getting out of the hospital tomorrow. So, you know, that's a good thing, Terry, you know? That's good. You got to take care of your family. Yeah, I'm glad that, you know, he's just still alive, you know, just still here. But like he told me today, he told me, get out of this hospital, go do the show, Terry. <laughs> so good. He's in, the, he's in the hospital right now listening to it. So, you know, shout out right. to my dad, tell him I love him, you know, and all the prayers everybody done for him. But Terry, we back, man. We tapped back. But you know, Terry, you know, be a little mad. I know Matt listening right now. Matt's birthday is on the 20th. You know, Tony Dorsett did the show. And I asked him, Tony, send me a picture, autograph, blah, blah, blah. He sent me a jersey. But we're giving that to Matt for his birthday on the 20th, Terry. Okay. Yeah, all right. I got, I got a, I got a in a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's going to go out to tell Matt for his birthday. You know, hey, Matt keep us on the air, Terry, you know. Yeah, all right, right on, right on. <laughs> so we got a nice little, I got a nice little jersey in the mail from Tony Dorsett Autograph, so I'm going to send that out to Matt for his birthday. All he does and keep us, you know, when we don't need commercials, he let us go through commercials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Terry, that's so much to talk about, man. Just like you talk about, I don't call you, you don't text me, I'm Jeff Thomas. You know, I thought I'm going to get a call for you Wednesday night when uh, Dallas beat the Giants. You know, we can start talking about that. What, 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 well, you trying to get that out of the way already? Um, hey, what, what, what's the, what, why would I need to call you? Love, it speaks for itself. You talked about the trash, talking about how my Cowboys is going to get beat. And they was going to go on one, and they're going to start off bad. And look what happened. So let's do it right there. Let's start from the thing. We talk about each team, what each team going to do in the season. You know how we talk about that, right? You know, and uh, I talk about everybody talk about the Packers because they won fifteen and one last year. I knew that something was wrong with that. I'm not a Packers fan. I'm not a Bears fan either. But when the team go fifteen and one the year before, everybody expect them to come back, you know, and do great. But on paper, and I told you this how many times, Dallas on paper looked better than everybody. Am I right? Did I ever say that? Well, at one point in time they did absolutely. Yeah. But you know, you look at you know, you look at teams, and I tell everybody, it's the it's the first part of the season, the first game. We know, Terry, you know, I know, and everybody know, it's when you get high at the end of that last part of the season, right? That's right. So I'm a, I'm gonna bust your little bubble, being happy right now because your Cowboys beat the Giants. 
Hey, you know, you know I didn't call you a brag. I didn't call you and say this, that, or the other. I let it speak for itself. So there's no bubble to bust. <laughs> well, we, 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 we have no problem to the count to the Eagles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they they didn't look too good. They they, they didn't impress me at all. Um, they started off slow. Nothing was um, it wasn't cohesive, and they didn't look that much better toward the end of the game. Um, I'm a little concerned about Michael Vick again. You know, making it all year long. Um, I don't know. Uh, you tell me what you think about the Eagles. Before I tell you what I think about them, I'll ask you one question. Did they win? That's not the point. But we're, if we're talking how about... How many times we've converted with ugly? You ever heard that? And that it, it matters how how they do at the end of the season. What are we talking about that they win for? My Cowboys won too. I'm telling you that they didn't look good. You tell me what you think. Did you think they looked good? Can I ask you a question? Answer my question, then you can ask okay. me what. Okay, what I think of the Eagles, I think it's the early part of the season. Every time, you know, Terry, teams, the first first five games, is just like you're trying to get to know your players and the team, what you're going to do. You know that. That's not the point. I do know that, but that's not the point. We're talking about how the team looked throughout the game. And I'm asking you, and I, I made the statement that they didn't look very good. Do you agree with that or do you disagree with that? I, I don't care that they won. That that's fine, but that's not the question. How did the team look overall? Well, before I answer your question, you know we got Eric Glover on line from San Diego. You there, Eric? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm here. I'm here. What's up, TJ? What's up, Jay? How you doing, Eric? Well, Terry, Terry asked me a question about the Eagles. How they look? Hey, it's the first part of the season. How did the Eagles look? They look like crap. But the first five games, everything that looked like crap. You get teams that should win and don't win, and see the you know. Am I right, guys? But you can look like crap, but you 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 seem to come out of it toward the end of the game or or somewhere. And the, the Eagles did not seem comfortable. They did not seem cohesive. Um, things just weren't working. Look at now. They didn't blow up like the Raiders did. Okay, I'm not talking about that kind of of horrible. But from the standpoint of the whole game, they didn't look that good. <laughs> You. you know what? I um, I seen bits and pieces of the Eagles game, and from and from what I seen and what I heard, I kind of agree. You know, it's one of those I agree with both you guys because it is the first 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 game of the season. But you're right; at some point, they do need to move forward, and they never did go forward. They never did like seem like they had any consistency or any uh, rhythm. It's like they never got into their rhythm. It's like, yeah, they got the win, but and, and it's all about a win at the end of the day. But to me, they never really got in their rhythm of the game. Well, see, Glove, here's the thing. This is what Love wants. To, he, he, it doesn't matter all of that. It's day one because they're his eagles. I'm sitting here as a, uh, a guy from the outside looking in, and I'm a Cowboys fan to, to the death. You know that. But I'm the first one to tell you when my Cowboys do something bad or they didn't look good or or whatever. See, love's not like that. You need to you need to get on him about that. But you, you know what? No, Terry, hold on. But and Glove, you might agree with me, but Terry, I know what you're saying, but how many times have you seen teams, and agree with me, Glove, I know you will, that some games they win ugly. The games they shouldn't win, they still win, but it's ugly because they take that team light. There's going to be some games where you, you see teams that, that that you know that they shouldn't win and they win, you know, but 
There are games out there that say you went ugly. That was one of the games. Am I right, Glover? I agree with that. But you can't sit there and say that they took this team light. That's why they won. This is the first game of the season. Let me let me let me let me let me interject here. In football, you know, coaching at the small level that I coach at, yeah, you want to take all the positives, but at the end of the day, an ugly win is better than a pretty loss. So you always want you always want the W in the column, you know. So you take away the positives that got you the W, then you work on the negatives to get better, you know. And and you're right, you know, everybody and and not to point you out, TJ. But everybody, because of the first one of the Cowboys, they think they're going to the Super Bowl, you know. And what happened was in the offseason, they finally addressed their issues. They needed DBs. So, yes, Terrence Newman has been there 10 years longer than he should have been. So they finally went out and got some DBs. Now it takes the pressure off your pass rusher. you got a, you got a pass rusher also. So now the Cowboys are finally coming together, but it's only game one. We can't, we can't make you know, uh, reservations for the Super Bowl after one game. Who's to say they're coming together? Well, this is, this is, and I agree with you, this is the point. Nobody's saying that the Cowboys are coming together or this team is, is, is horrible. It's the first game of the season. Yeah, the Cowboys have addressed some issues, and they're looking better. That doesn't mean that next week they're not going to lose to Seattle. That doesn't mean that they won't lose two or three games in a row because of who knows what can happen. So we're not we're, we're not saying that. My point I'm trying to make to Mr. Loving is that his Eagles. You can't say nothing about his Eagles, but every other team is open. He's he's gonna make an excuse for his Eagles. But Mr. No, Loving, what I'm, we're gonna go no, to war. I wouldn't go to war on you. What I said was it's a win. Am I right, Glenn? It's a win. Hey, hey, I, like I said, like I said already, I'll take an ugly win any day. And and we mm-hmm. understand you're right. There's so much pressure <laughs> on the Eagles to win because of what they said last year, and they came yeah. up short. You know, talking about they had the dream team and, you know, all the hoopla that they bestowed upon themselves by, by running their mouth, and then they didn't live up to expectations. So, so, you're right, they're not looking like they should look, but it also was the first game, and when I was talking about the Cowboys, this was Mr. Jerry Jones himself because – they went into New York and beat the, the Super Bowl champs, you know, so now everybody's saying, oh, New York is on the downward spiral and the Cowboys are on the road up. But remember, the Giants won with a subpar record last year and went all the way. They started off with they lose three up front, and then they, win, they won when it counted. So early in the season, for me, doesn't matter. It's when the money's on the table. That's what matters. Let me, let me ask this, um, Terry and Glover. You said it, Glove. They didn't win the way people think. They might think the Eagles should have blew the Browns out. Why? It's a win is a win. We're looking at they should blow them out, but we should just look at it's a win, early process, and keep moving on. We can't look at it because the Eagles play bad and they barely beat them. A win is a win. Am I right, Terry? Yeah, but why can't you look at it that way? A win is a win. You're absolutely right, but it's how you win. Okay, you got to be able to run the ball. You got to be able to pass the ball. You got to have some consistency, some cohesiveness as a team. You you got to have a, a strong offense, strong defense, strong strong special teams. There's got to be some consistency. Which there is the only team. thing I'm saying. There was not. There was not consistency within that game. It they didn't look good. That's all I'm saying. I, they won the game. Who cares? That's great for you. 
I don't care about the Eagles. They're in my division. I don't, I don't want them to win. Okay? But let's get something else straight here, too. The Giants are going to be in there always. They're always going to be in there because they're good. It doesn't matter that they lost this game. Now, if they win the next one or lose the next one against the Cowboys, they might be in trouble. You know, you, you can't lose uh, two division games to, to, to your rival. Um, but you can't count any team out right now. It's the first week. It's that's just what, the first what, week. Is that what we say, Glove? Yes. Yes. I, I understand. Like I said, I understand what Terry, what the point he's making with the Eagles. I understand it. And I understand the other points he's trying to make. You know, he's saying he wants to take the negatives. He don't, he don't, he don't like the way they want. So he's saying there's no rhythm, there's no consistency. Regardless of the win, he don't care about the win. He's just saying the way they won, you know, he didn't like the way they won. It's understandable. You know, but at the, the first game of the year, if you can come out, and if you can win that first game, you know, not to say the way you win or lose is going to make the precedence of the season, but, but everybody wants to win that first game, you know, on the road if they can. But, but guys... Isn't the first game the first game they really, really played? Because in the preseason, they're not really getting in the plan. That's the first game they really playing. Am I right with everybody? You're, you're right, love. But I've just said they didn't look very good. Everybody's in the same boat. Everybody was tired. Everybody played a full game. Uh, everybody was getting cramps. And they were thirsty. I mean, one the Eagles didn't look good. good. That's all I'm saying. That's it. Henry one team look good the first week. Well, there's a lot of teams that look good the first week. Are you saying that the Cowboys' win wasn't a good win? There wasn't no consistency? Uh, Baltimore looked good. I, I, I mean, we, we got over 300-some yards passing, you know, over 100-some yards rushing, 120 yards wrestling. What what didn't look good about that? I uh, think different looked good was the Saints. I bet you played the Saints in week nine. They say, is that butt up? <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> Love, I'm not going to argue with you. But I do want to say this. People need to watch out for those Washington Redskins because they're going to have a good team. And RG3, their rookie quarterback, is going to be a monster. He's he's smart, and he can throw the ball. He's going to be something else. Glover, what team looked good first week? I mean, where where you want me to start at? Um, Baltimore looked good. They never give Flacco any chance. Baltimore looked good. Um, New England looked good. New England looked exceptionally good. Before you finish, name me team on the table. Flacco will look good in week 13. He'll be a flop, right? That always have been, right? You you asked what team looked good the first yeah. week. That's the Week 13, 14, he'll flop. Dallas looked good the first week. You know, we're just, we're just, we're, we, we can't, we can't count on week thirteen. We're talking about week one right now. Love, you can't. You want to jump ahead to week thirteen? You will turn the question and the conversation around <laughs> to, to where you can't right. argue with it. Hey, I'm sorry, the Eagles didn't look good. They got the win. That's all that matters. They got the win. That's right. Let's just, let's just let's just leave it there. Love your your Eagles won. They look great. We want to know, right? There you That's go. Right. <laughs> hey, guess look, what? Look, look at Glove Chargers. They didn't look good. They won. They beat Oakland. They didn't beat Oakland. But look, they, they beat they beat the Pop Warner team. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, let me, let me ask you guys a quick question. In the NFL, your, your long snapper goes down. Is it that big of a difference? I mean, does it make that much of a difference? You got a guy that they bring in the long snap. This guy, wouldn't he be on the sideline practicing long snaps? Wouldn't you think he'd be on the sideline after the first long snap? Instead of sitting around talking and looking in Oakland with the Oakland game and the Chargers. The long right. snap for the first snap was muffled. Then he came back to do two more. At some point, don't you practice? Well, you would think, Glover, that, that would start when you name your starting lineup. If he goes down, who's going to be my long snapper? If the kicker goes down, who's going to be my kicker? You know? I mean, you would think that you would have somebody there doing that uh, and practicing and working on it. There's no explanation for that. That's just... So so they get a guy that had his long snap since high school or college. Now I'm saying, after you have one bad snap, wouldn't you think a coach or somebody on the sideline would be like, hey, you know what? You got to call the rest of the game. You need to get back there and practice some long snaps. Right. I agree. But I would go before that. I would go during training camp. I would go during practice. And I'm saying, no, I, I, I'm going to need another guy in case my guy goes down. They didn't do that. This is the NFL. You would think that they would be prepared. They were not. Well, you know, guys, let's take a break. I want to come back. I want to talk about, I know we hate to get to it, but it kills me when I see this on sports now that Chad Johnson won't sign a divorce paper, but to hear that this woman mess his career up and he still won't be with her. I'm going to get y'all a um, opinion on what y'all think about that. So, to James Loving, host Love at Sports Talk with Cole, Terry Jackson, TJ, my main man Glover from San Diego. We're back on the line. Show's back. We ain't going nowhere. Be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? It can be done. And Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. I ain't going to say my name, James. I'm back to the show because I'm so mad at Eric and Terry. They got Bob Barney doing commercial. Let's get to this before we go to chat. Y'all keep talking about Michael Vick, but, you know, is Michael Vick the one to blame for this? No, I'll tell you who's to blame. It's, it's, every, it's, it's all the critics of Michael Vick. It's all the critics of Michael Vick saying Michael Vick needs to stay in the pocket and throw the football. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be running. He shouldn't be doing this. Michael Vick has not played his game since he left. Atlanta Falcons. Michael Vick has not been the same since he left Atlanta Falcons because Michael Vick has the, the the sixth sense to say, okay, I need to get out of here and I need to run, not make the play with his arm when he's unable to make that play. That's why Michael Vick keeps getting hit because he's trying to stand there and, and, and move to the side or run out and make that play, and he's getting blasted and he's getting hurt. That's what's to blame for Michael Pitt. I like Michael Pitt. I just wish he'd be my pick. Right. Oh, I agree. I agree. The, the sad part, the sad part about it is this. They drafted the man, and, and I'm agreeing with what he said about the move from Atlanta in this little situation, which was BS, and now that he's in Philly. You know, they drafted the man because of his mobility. So now we get him as a mobile quarterback. Now we want him to sit in the pocket. The man weighs two pounds. He can't sit back there and take all that pounding like most of your bigger quarterbacks. He's not a Ben Roethlisberger. He's none of those guys size-wise. But the man makes plays with his feet, and yet they won't let him make plays with his feet. They need to move the pocket like they did in Atlanta with him. Let him be himself. You know, is he is he to blame? Well, he's part because... As a player, he should be able to go to his coach and go to his um, offensive coordinator and show him game film or talk and say, hey, I'm not effective standing still. I need to move, you know, to, to make things happen. And see, here's, here's even what's even sadder is that most of your quarterbacks that win are mobile. When, when, when you look at the quarterbacks like an Elway, like a Steve Young, when those guys got up and ran, that's what made them more effective. They just didn't stand in the pocket. But it seems like with guys like Michael Vick, they want him to be stationary when he doesn't have the front line to protect him. So I think it's just a, an all-around from the head coach to the OC to the O-line to everybody on paper with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's the problem. They believe the hype. <laughs> no, I, I, you guys, you know, because we all on the Eagles this time because Terry talked about on paper. They both said it's the same thing with Dallas on paper and, you know, nobody ever say that about New England. On paper, they're the best team offensive-wise. You know, defensive-wise, they're not, but Packers, they're the best team. They still went to the Super Bowl. Why everybody on the Eagles? Because Michael Vick. Or because everybody's saying they should have went to it last year. Is that why? Hey, Lover, you getting a little defensive because uh, y'all talk about the Cowboys like they are the stepchild 
of the NFL. I don't get defensive. All, <laughs> all we're saying is that Philadelphia, on paper, just like you said about Dallas, Dallas's roster and Philadelphia's roster. Last year, Philadelphia's roster was absolutely crazy. On on paper, they should have went to the Super Bowl. That's the same thing you said about the Cowboys two years ago, three years ago. Absolutely, and I agree with that. Okay, I agree with you. But on paper, last year, with all the movements that that Philly made, all the acquirements that they made, and the money that they were paying these guys, they should have. Nobody should have uh, got past the fifty yard line on them with the defensive lineup that they had on paper. That's all I'm saying. On paper, the first year the Miami Heat should blew everybody out, right? <laughs> am I right, Glove? There you are. Glove, am I right? Hey, on, on paper, they made it to the finals. <laughs> but they didn't win it all, right? On paper. They, they made it the first year. They you the jail. Jail. Right, and, that, and that's anything. When you guys are talking about from a from a paper standpoint, you still got to have continuity amongst the players. You got to have coaching philosophy and things like that. And you still got to dial up defenses. You still got to dial up offenses. Your players have to buy into the system. Your coaches have to believe in the players. You know, when you're talking about on paper, yeah, on paper, Dallas been, and I, not mess with you, TJ, but on paper, Dallas been playing subpar for the last five years. On paper, Absolutely. the Chargers. On paper, the Chargers have been subpar for the last five or six years. You know what I'm saying? They had LaDainian Thomas and all them. They've been subpar. So we can go across the league and say who's been playing subpar. On paper, New England just had a minimal offense. But they've been consistent. They've been consistent with winning. If, if you notice one thing about New England, they don't change. <laughs> Brady's there. The, the, the tight ends are there. Wes Welker's there. They might bring in a running back, but they still have the one fault. He's still in the backfield. The only thing that changes with New England is is they'll try to get a deep threat receiver, which they went and got Brands, let him go. Went and got Chad Johnson, didn't work out. I mean, so they'll they'll throw a little puzzle piece in here and there, but their defense have always been okay. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna let them score forty. So you guys got to score forty one on offense, and that's what New England's done. You know what I'm saying? Whereas other teams like Baltimore, who's had a mad defense for years. Their offense was subpar. Now their offense is catching up because their defense is getting older. So you look at teams that are winning, you know, how are they on offense and defense? Look at the Giants. Their front line was incredible. They were, they were just athletic on the front line. So they were manhandling teams on the offensive line, you know. And so now you get Eli to get a little lucky pass, as people will say, which I'll take luck any day in the NFL because luck gets you in the Super Bowl. So if you can get Eli to play um, free of turnovers, which he does, you win a Super Bowl. Yep. So paper does nothing for me. I need performance. I need production. It does nothing nothing for me either. It's just the point that I was trying to make with with Love is that what you say about the Cowboys, you can say about the Eagles, you can say about just about any team. In, in, in the NFL, just like you said. Paper doesn't mean anything. Yeah, Terry, you know, you got to unleash my skin on that one, Terry. Yeah, ooh, I got a lot of eyes. 
<laughs> hey, look. Hey, no, we going about the Eagles and Cowboys, so Absolutely. I had to, I had to take a cool down pill. <laughs> no, but I understand what you're saying, though, Terry. You know, you're right. On paper, always, everybody look. And that's just like we can go and jump to what the Lakers, you know, they got all these people. On paper, they should run through it, but they don't need time at jail with that team, you know. And that's what I was trying to explain to you, Yeah, the Eagles, not, week one, it's not going to happen. Now, week nine, if they play Cleveland like that, I'm going to be like, hey, Terry, I'm worried about the Eagles. Right, right now... You know, hey, Eagles beat the Cowboys two times last year. I'm cool. Yeah, it's just no time for panic yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get on to what we want to talk about. You know, guys, I don't know what it is with these players, though. You know, this is me. If somebody's going to mess my life up where I can't make no money, you got to get rid of it. You know, you guys have heard that? Oh, we talk about Chad Johnson. I've seen that he don't want to sign the world's paper, but there's no NFL team going to pick him up with this problem because he still got to go to court with his, his wife. You know, wouldn't you want to get rid of that problem and then try to move your career on, guys? Plus, in my opinion, uh, Chad Johnson, he, I, I think he needs to totally separate. You know, we need to separate the the, the issue from, from football. In my opinion, Chad Johnson's done. Chad Johnson's not going to find another team whether he's got Problems or, or, or not? Why is that? The reason Chad Johnson is not there is because he drops balls. Chad, Chad Johnson dropped balls. He couldn't run the offense in New England. Um, I think Chad's done. I think he's a tremendous athlete. I just don't know what else he has in the tank. But I don't think that his off the field problems are what's causing him not to be on the team. I I, I don't believe that. Hmm. Glove, do you agree with that? I, I I agree with most of everything Terry said. Is 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 Chad Johnson done? Yes. He he knew what he was getting himself into when he hooked up with that woman. He should have known. He he claims to be a smart guy. He should have seen that it was a train wreck waiting to happen. You know now what's going on with him not signing the papers? Guess what? You get he got what he had coming to him. You wanted that lifestyle. You wanted that woman. You thought you wanted to be Mr. Reality Superstar, and now the career that you had that brought you your fame and fortune, nobody else wants you. You're right, TJ. He's dropping balls. He can't learn plays, you know. All that stuff is catching up to him. Here it is. The situation was sweet. How much sweeter does it get? You get to come back to Miami where you live. You get to sleep in your own bed. You don't have to transfer. You don't have to ship. You don't have to do nothing but drive from the facility home. Now, in New England, a year ago, we heard not a peep from Chad Johnson. No tweeting, no nothing. So he gets on hard knocks with Miami, and he starts showing his A again, the old Chad Johnson purposes, where he wants to be in front of the camera. Okay, so you're in front of the camera. We're seeing you drop balls in front of the camera. So that means that, that you don't have it like you used to be. Now, if he still had something, Miami would have overlooked all that. But in their eyes, he wasn't worth the distraction. So he's done. Other teams are looking at him. And I think Chad Johnson needs to go get another reality TV show with T.O. saying we're done. And, and, well, tell me if I'm right or wrong, James. And, 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 well, Chad's a veteran of, what, 11 years? Yes. He should know how to make a football team. Right? 
He should know how to make the team. Well, let, let, let me ask let me ask you a question, Terry, and you might get on this left. Are these players doing this to look at T.O. for the reality show stuff? That's what it seemed like me and Chad. It was more about the reality show thing that he wants to do and do all this, and all all that backfired on him. You think that's what he was looking for because he knew his career going to be over in maybe a year or two? You guys think that? You know, I, I don't know. I, I think that these guys get out of their head. Um, they go there to play the game of football, and that's that's difficult enough as it is. Training camp, you know, you got the long season. And then you try to throw in uh, a reality TV show or a, a Dancing with the Stars or, you know, I mean, that's difficult. It, it makes things difficult. Then you're, you're more out there in the limelight. You're taking yourself away from what you are. You are a football player. You are an athlete. And now you're delving into wanting to be an actor or want, you know what I mean? You're, you're taking yourself away from what you are. I think that's what happens to these guys. Because you can't put everything, put half of everything on this and, and half of everything on that when it takes 75% on this and 35, 35% on the other. You can't do that. I, I agree with you, TJ. It's like, it's like let's, use this, let's use this little analogy. When you, when you see a gangster rapper turn movie star, is he still a gangster rapper? No, yeah. because now he's, he's sold his soul to become a movie star. So now that whole credibility and that whole image that you had, now it's out the window because we see you doing family movies. Now what TJ right. is saying about your fame and fortune came from football. That's your craft. Now I understand football's not going to last forever and you should prepare yourself, which that should have been an education as opposed to a career in Hollywood, but that's a whole other story. But, yeah, you want to be able to move forward once football is done. But if you still have something in the tank, then your focus should still be football. I don't have a problem with Dancing with the Stars. I don't have a problem with him doing a reality show. It's just how he go about doing things showing me that he's never seen a bad camera, and, and that's the issue. The issue is at some point he lost focus, and he became bigger than the game. You know, it was all about being seen in front of the camera, not doing what got him to that point. Right. So that's when I lost respect. You know, it became more of a media circus, and he became a clown or a monkey at the circus. You know, because every time it was a camera, he was acting the way, and I'll go back to it again. When he was in New England, he was as quiet as they say at church mouth. We heard nothing from him. But now he's in Miami, you know, the first week in Miami, and he's already running off at his mouth all the derogatory comments, all the negative comments. You know, you got a brand new coach. He ain't trying to hear all that, man. Yeah. You know, he's not trying. He's not trying to open up, open up Circus Miami. He's trying to, you know, get a football team ready to start a season. And he was a distraction. And he wasn't a good distraction. Well, 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 let me ask you this: uh, Chad Ochocinco never had no off-field problem when he played. He always talked on the field. He scored. He did his dance and changed name. T.O., you know, always did what he did, you know. Why is it so hard? Because everybody making Chad seem a bad guy for this one incident, but he never had none NFL before, and all the other people had problems, and they still in the NFL. Why? It's, it's just you, you can't rate the caliber of problems on how it's going to affect that person. You know, I mean, you can't do that. But, it's, it's but like, Chad never had no problems off the field. He Played on the field. He caught the ball and did dances. That's what his thing was. Showboat. Yeah. 
he, he didn't have any problems off the field. And he don't have problems as much off the field now as he does on the field. That's what I'm saying. His problems are from off the field. I don't think that that's the issue. The problem is that he's not being productive on the field. That's why his off-the-field problems and issues are taking him away from being on the field. That's what, that's, that's what I'm saying. I agree. Like, like I, I'm going to say it again. Listen up, Mr. Loving. I'm going to say it one more time. <laughs> Chad has been a clown for 10 years. Kenny, a clown. Did he, did, he, did he perform when he was on the field? Yes. But his little antics started making him separate or people getting away from him because of all the attention he was drawing to himself. You're right. T.O. was a baller hands down, but his antics in the locker room and other places made people separate themselves. Now, Chad got longer in his career, and, and I'm going to say it for the last time. When he went to New England, sub-performance, you know, sub-par performance. Did we hear about Chad tweeting, cussing, anything in New England? He was quiet in New England. So we thought he had matured. And he grew up because he was older. So now we're back in Miami. They said he couldn't run off his mouth in New England. You know, couldn't run the route, things like that. So now we're in Miami. We're under a young coach who he has no respect for. Because uh, think about it. When he was in Cincinnati, he talked bad about Marvin Lewis. It was evident that Marvin Lewis adjusted the offense for him, which to me that's a slap in the face and an insult already. Because Marvin Lewis is trying to take care of you but you didn't take care of him. You knifed him in the back. You go to Belichick, who you respect, who you respect, the coach in New England, and you're quiet. You stand on the sideline. You have nothing to say. But the minute you get out and you don't have respect for Philbin in Miami, you start back up your old antics. You're not performing like the old Chad Johnson. You're dropping balls. You can't learn to play. You're you're more of a distraction than an asset. So why should I keep you? Why should I want you around? Because you're not making my ball club any better. You're making it worse because you're a distraction. Do you think Miami jumped the gun too quick and cut him? Well, who, who? I guess I, guess I would say who am I to judge? I didn't watch any of the hard knocks. I didn't. I didn't see any of that stuff. Um, and, it, and it's hard to sit there and, and make a decision on whether they jumped the gun or not when, when we weren't necessarily. Uh, at practice day in and day out, I don't know. But apparently the way he performed on the field, and I didn't get to see any of Miami's preseason games either, apparently the way he uh, performed on the field and uh, in practice wasn't enough. I, I don't know if they jumped the gun or not. Uh, apparently not. They know more about Chad Johnson than I do. Let me, let me make another comparison for you. Remember when Brady was sitting on the bench behind Bledsoe and he got hurt? Remember when Ty Law just came off his Pro Bowl career in New England? And then the next year in training camp, they cut Ty Law. Bledsoe got a release. Brady became the quarterback. Okay, now that's just a, that's, I'm just giving you a comparison to how coaches was, how the coach was thinking like, hey, Ty, Ty Law was the best safety they had in the league at the time. And yet New England cut him. And everybody on the team was like, ooh, we better get him, we better, you know, get in order because Coach would cut anybody. He was making a he was making an example. I'll cut my best player to make my team better. Did it make New England better? Yes, they won Super Bowl. So here it is, Philbin thinks that yeah. At the time, he thought Chad Johnson could help him. But then as he started looking at things and looking at his uh, actions off the field, 
looking at his performance on the field, he weighed the option. You know, Chad Johnson got the incident. Why make it a distraction? Let's make it a point right now. Let's get rid of him, sever our ties, and let's move forward. Let's develop, you know, by cutting Chad, let's make the younger kids develop and move quicker. You know what I'm saying? Let's help them get move forward quicker. So we cut Chad. Now the young guys got to step up. Was it was it too quick? Maybe. But hopefully in the long run, or in the grand scheme of things, it helps the Dolphins out. Well, I'm glad you said that, Glove, because that brings me to this, what you said. So basically saying, if it's an older guy, you cut him with outfield because there's Ryan. He got a lot of problems. I know you yeah. want to answer that one, Terry. I don't want to answer that one. I said I know you want to. Yes, uh, Dez does got issues. What are the Cowboys doing? They're they're babysitting him. See, they they, they hire babysitters to to babysit Chad or to to babysit Dez Bryant. And when he gets to acting up, they will either spank his butt or spank his hand and put his pacifier in his mouth. Do I think that that's appropriate? I think it's silly. I think you shouldn't have to babysit a grown man. But at the same time, I don't have eight million dollars riding on Des Bryant. So yeah, but if, the Cowboys if are an older player, they're getting rid of them, right? Into their own hands, and, and and they're trying to deal with it or take care of it like they think they can. Um, I, I I I don't have any answer for that. The, 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 the answer is this, and and this is just my answer, which don't mean too much. It's like this. Regardless, everybody keeps talking about all these pro- these problems Dez Bryant has. Most of the problem he has, he created himself. So they took a risk on him, and they want to make sure they get something back on their money. They want to get something back on their return. Understandable. But at some point, Dez Bryant has to be held accountable for his actions, and we're not allowing him to grow up or be a mature adult by the way that he's being treated. Think about it. Michael Hervin had issues. There's so many guys in the league that had issues. It's just the Cowboys, for what they're trying to do, they're going to the extreme. You know. Now, is it going to make Dez a better player? Uh, he's already a pretty decent player. We won't know till five years from now. You know, if, if they win the Super Bowl, then it was all worth it. And he's in the trouble. But if he's just a, a mediocre player, if he's just a, a decent player and they never win – was it all worth it? And then what's going to happen, you know, because we're just talking about Cowboys, what's going to happen in the off season or once he's finished playing? I mean, we got to look long-term. We just can't say one year, two years for Dez. You know, I think there's other things that Dez need to be doing, which part of it is he needs to be held accountable and he needs to hold himself accountable. And Dez needs to grow up. But you're also, uh, love, you're kind of comparing a, an eleven-year veteran to a three-year, uh, a three-year guy. Or that's I mean, not right. I want to, I not, want to say, excuse, if but Dez, you would think Dez would know the ins and outs and how to move about. Uh, Dez is still young and dumb, as far as I'm concerned, with a lot well, of talent. Well, that's what my point I was trying to make, Terry. Because this, the players are older, you won't take a chance on them no more because they're doing stuff. But now you got a younger guy. He's doing the same thing as the other guy doing. You're still taking this chance on him. He's doing the same stupid stuff that the older guy doing. That's what my point was there. Oh, mm-hmm. no, but, but see, listen, listen to your point, love. Your point was kind of similar, but think about it. You're talking about an older guy who's at the end of his career. Now, let's line Dez up 
and run him and Chad Johnson side by side. Let's have them run routes. Let's do things like that if you're going to make that comparison. You can't compare old and young. I mean, Chad's been there. Chad should know because he's an older guy. Now, we're going to give Dez the, the, the benefit of the doubt because he's a youngster, but he still should have some common sense, and he should still know. But you're trying you know to make a comparison when you can. You know, Glenn, let's take a break, and I want to hit on that, too, when we come back because I got uh, got an answer for you with that because I would rather have a more older guy mature to take me into the playoffs than a young guy that's young and dumb. So we'll come back uh, and have Glenn and Terry answer that one. We'll get right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Fantasy sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstandtenfootball.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football is... Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk, got co-host TJ and we got main man Glove. Um, listeners out there, I think um, Terry and um, Glove were mad at me today. You know, I don't know what I did to you guys. What's up with that? <laughs> no, you didn't do anything, Glove. It's just that uh, you can't have your cake and eat it too. That's all I'm saying. No, my cake <laughs> is we was arguing when we was on break. That we was talking with Glove and all like that. But you know, you got all these players, and you keep talking about. Uh, Randy Moss. Everybody want Randy Moss say he'll go to a contingent. He's not going to nobody that's the part team. You know, we talk about Diamond. Diamond said the same thing. He went to Minnesota last year, and Minnesota folks did something, but it didn't happen. You know, but 
you got your player like, you know, Glove say, Chad went to Miami just to get a check. That might look that way, but Miami was trying to build, and they brought an older guy in for the young guys. You guys agree with that? Well, possibly. It's just, I mean, the, the older guy just didn't work out. I mean, he wasn't leading by example like he should have been, if that was the case. Um, and a, a Chad Johnson like that, why would I pay Chad Johnson to drop balls when, when I can get a, a rookie receiver or, or a two or three-year guy to do the same thing Chad Johnson's doing? I mean, that's the way I look at it. I think that's apparently the way they were looking at it as well. I would rather develop that guy. That's why I'm there as the coach. And hopefully I'm going to be there for five or six years to, to make some improvements and, and to develop my guys. I'm not going to waste my time on, on an 11-year veteran who doesn't want to keep his mouth closed and, and, and is dropping balls. Well, I agree. I mean, yes, we, we, we would like to have a veteran, but if if we can get a young guy and develop a younger guy that's less less of money, less of headache, you know, then 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 it's then it's a plus, you know, and so that's why they look long term, and they realize that from a from a playing standpoint that, you know, if we're trying to go in a certain direction with a new young quarterback and things like that, then it's better to have a young receiver that he can gel with as opposed to an older, an older guy who's going to be a problem in the locker room. Well, let me ask you guys this. We're going this older and younger. I'm going to throw out a player's name, and you tell me the right team you guys think they'll be fit for. Theo. Sir? Uh, I don't know that. I mean, Seattle wouldn't have been bad, but I don't feel open. I don't. I don't know that Theo's football bound anymore. I, I don't. I mean, the guy stays in great shape. Um, he seems like he was wanting to uh, rekindle his career, but he just didn't cut it. He didn't. He paid no team. No team for me. I, I think Theo's done. Well, Theo. Yeah, yeah. I think I think most of the guys that you're gonna bring up here are done. T.O. <laughs> move forward. Chad Johnson, move forward. If you're talking the dang and Thomas, I don't know if you said L.T. Move forward. I think it's time to go on with your life. You know, at at some point, if if you haven't performed in the last year or two up to a certain standard or a certain level, I think it's time to go. Well, guys, we're going to, uh, actually, we got a caller on hold. Let's take the call and see the question we got. We got John Clay from Chicago. Is that John? Yeah, I'm there, man. How you doing today? I'm doing all right. Just wanted to know there wasn't just, you know, uh, the big game is, you know, I hear you guys talking about T.O. and the game you guys need to focus on is the Bears and the Packers, you know. I want to see if any, any Bear fans on the show, you know. Well, we can talk about that. Guy, what do y'all think about that Bears and Packers game for John? Go ahead, Gloss. Oh, you know what? I think the Bears are in a good a good place finally. They finally got everything together. They got their defense has always been holding them together. Their offense is finally coming around. I think this is the year that we should see some good things from the Bears. You know, I think they could get a win tomorrow night. I, I like the idea of Cutler and Marshall together, uh, back together. 
I, I think that gives him confidence that he needs. Um, and the Bears' special teams is, is always an advantage. Um, the Packers did not look very good. I think they're they're struggling a bit. Um, the Bears will do very well this year, in, in my opinion. They're going to be a contender. John. Did you hear that? Hello? Did you hear that, James Loving? Well, you know what? I, I'm kind of sitting back here laughing. I mean, you're you a Tebow fan, so I'm just asking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting back here laughing, guys. Terry and Glove. Because John is a good friend of mine. We grew up together. And I argue with him all the time about he loved Brandon Marshall. I don't think Brandon Marshall is in the top um, 10 receivers. Do you guys think that? You know who Brandon Marshall reminds me of? He reminds me of um, who's the guy that plays with the, the New York Knicks now, uh, the, the streaky three-point shooter. I can't remember his name. But that's oh, the kind of player. Carmelo? I'm sorry. Carmelo? That's, yeah, that's the kind of player Brandon Marshall is. Uh, when Brandon Marshall was on a roll, he can't, he won't drop a ball, and he'll go out and get a ball for you. And I think that's why Cutler likes him. Um, I, I am a fan of Brandon. I, I watched him when he was in Colorado too. Um, I, I, I think he's a, I think he's a good receiver. Love. He's a, he's a, he's a go getter. Well, to me, to me, Brandon Marshall is the kind of guy that you got to keep him involved in the game. As yeah. long as he's involved in the game, I think he'll kill you. Because yeah. flying down the field, going across the middle, you throw it up, he'll go get it. But if he's not involved in the game, he kind of get lost. And then that's yeah, when we right. start getting those little, we start getting those little antics, you know, where he starts, you know, displaying that negative behavior. But as long yeah. as he's involved, I think he's one of the best guys in the game. Yeah. Well, you said the exact thing that I was telling John that he's like a T.O. If he ain't getting the ball, he not involved. Wait till, I told you this, John. <laughs> wait till we have a naughty. He ain't getting mad at Cutler. He's got to be like T.O., am I right, Glove? Yeah, well, I, and, and I was going to make that kind of, he's kind of in that thing, Randy Moss is, T.O. is, if, if I'm not in the play, why should I play? But, oh, the ball's coming to me? Let me let me run full speed. Oh, oh, you want to throw it to me again? Let me perform. But if it's not to me, you might as well leave me on the sideline. Well, I don't... Go ahead, John. Um... That is selfish when you talk to him. And you know, hello. You, know, you guys just see the t tattoo you have on his arm. We we won't talk T-Bow no more, John. We done with T-Bow. Oh, oh, where, where's the? Uh, you got a Dallas Cowboys fan on here, don't you? Yeah, yeah we, that's we me. do that. You, Terry? That's 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 you, Terry. That's me, Terry. Yep. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah. Well, you know that's that's only gonna last for so long. You know, yeah, you know that. Right? It, it very well may. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> you know what. I think Dallas was a good team, but if Jerry Jones stay out of their business, I think they'd be a better team. Well, it may be, but Jerry Jones don't play the game. And he don't play the game, players, but he make the moves players, and call the shots. Players, right, but but he's made some pretty good moves. You can't argue with that. Uh, I, I say uh. He made some some good moves. I still have a, a skeptical uh, that secondary is still uh, in that left tackle. Y'all need a good left tackle, man. I, I, I can't all, hear you. Y'all got offensive line problems like the Bears and the Packers do. Yeah, 
yes, we do. We do have some offensive line problems. They're young, uh, but hopefully they can they can stay the course and get yeah, rolling well, time. All right. Well, I know one game y'all gonna lose is when the, the Bears. Y'all play the Bears. Though. I know y'all gonna lose that game. There. <laughs> okay. That's like a loss already, you know. Hey, today, Terry, good, good love. John blinded mine just like Terry with the Dallas. They're going to win every game. So, yeah, when he say uh, that, like, yeah okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I enjoy you guys, you know, but I have to, uh, have to uh, you know, get back to, uh, you know, getting my Bears stuff together for tomorrow, you know. So, uh, nice talking to you guys. Just enjoy the show. And, uh, you know, just like say hello to all the Bear fans out there. And, uh, James, if you ever go yeah. to a tattoo parlor, get that T-ball off your arm, will you? <laughs> All right. I got, got take it easy, I got, hey, I got glove name on my arm. <laughs> you hear that glove? That, hey, that'll be the best thing you could ever do. You should have that <laughs> name on your arm. <laughs> well, guys, uh, we'll talk next week. Thanks for doing the show, and we're back. Uh, sorry, I ain't been back on, but uh, thank you guys for coming on and being patient with me, guys. <laughs> right on, love. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.